Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Pixar continues its dominance at the 90th Annual Academy Awards. Bob Iger is suggesting that tiered pricing may be coming to multi-day park tickets. And security concerns forced Disney Cruise Line to cancel several, several excursions in Mexico. We're also going to talk about crowds at the parks and what some people are saying about some of the resources that they've been using to deal with them. And as part of that discussion, we're going to have a portion of a recent conversation Craig Williams had with Len Testa from touringplans.com. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 978 for the week of March 6th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Charles Boda. Hello. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. And associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. First and foremost, I want to apologize that we did not have a show uh, last week. Um, I had a pressing family issue that really kind of took up the entire week for me. Uh, so it was just not possible for us to do a show. Had a lot of stuff going on. So I do apologize for that, but we are back better than ever this week. Um, I also want to uh, give a shout out and a plug to a woman by the name of Dominica, who has, and we were going to do this last week, but didn't have the show. I'm she really had, glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, because Kevin wanted to get his first. I wanted my shipping notice before you plugged it. Um, uh, I was, uh, as we were doing our Seven Resorts in Seven Days series uh, last month, um, I was over at, uh, uh, where was I? Uh, Saratoga Springs. And I'm sitting on a bench, and this woman walks by with this backpack. And I was like, oh, my God, where'd you get that? Of course, she didn't speak a word of English. All she kept saying to me was Etsy, Etsy. So I went on to Etsy, and I found the backpack, and I ordered it. And I was like, and it came, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This note inside. Domenica is a huge fan of the show. She was so thrilled when the order came through. And so I have no relationship with Domenica other than I just love what she did. But hold on a second. Let me. Well, you told me about it. I showed it to me. Kevin and Kevin like literally sat here and ordered one as soon as. And I didn't want you to show. talk about this on the show until she sent me the notification that mine was in the mail. So this is this is the backpack. It is. Um, she, it, she makes them by hand. Um, and I believe this was forty dollars. I think it was forty three. Forty three dollars. It was originally forty nine and she's marked them down a little bit. And. It's Spaceship Earth, right? This is now this is now my official park backpack. I think it is so cool, really roomy on the inside, and I was stunned at the price. She has a lot. She has a, a wallet that matches this. Do you put your Louis Vuitton inside of that? No, this is oh, okay. this is my park wondering. bag now. I this have replaces to, <laughs> Louis Vuitton. I have to plug something on this. I have a broad back. I'm a big boy, and I just tried yours, and those go wide enough that it fits me really well. Yeah. I mean, it shortens up to where it would fit most people, but if you're big, tall, or any combination of that, this is a nice... You're going to get stopped a lot, so, I think, in the parks, for sure. So the, the, the name of her, her Etsy shop is Castle Co., um, and we will put a link to it, Craig. We will put a link to it in the show notes page. Um, I'll make sure you have it. Thank you. I will send it to you, I promise. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and it just, you know, um, she decided to start her own Etsy business. So, you know, passionate Disney fans starting their own business. I love the product. I thought Very the product cool. was really great quality and really well done. Done with a lot of care, clearly. Um, and so I just, I, I wanted to give her a hand and thank her for uh, doing such a great job with that. And help her out by telling folks about her and uh, have you go out to her Etsy shop and uh, blow her up. Blow her up. Um, just now, just keep in mind, these are handmade. So if she gets a lot of requests for these, uh, it's going to take a little while for you to get them. So please be patient. But um, I, I, I just, she has so many cool things. Like I said, she has a wallet that matches that. 
um, which I don't know if I could go that far. Um, I, you know, I'm gay, but I don't, I'm not that gay. Kevin is, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, you know, it's uh, it really cool. She's got a lot of cool stuff on her Etsy shop, so go check that out. Castle Co. on Etsy. Her name's Domenica, and, uh, you know, just I, I love... If you're following me on Twitter, I'm posting it right this minute. There you go. That's one way to get Kevin some more Twitter followers, because I know you, you still, still battle for Twitter followers. I think we yeah, stopped. John's hundreds ahead of me. Yeah. Okay, come on. we got to fix I'm that. I'm so far ahead. It just it feels so good. All right. All right. You heard that. You heard that. Now, let's... He'll never catch up. Follow Kevin on Twitter. It's now on my Twitter account. So my Twitter feed. <laughs> so, all right. That's what I have for housekeeping. Uh, other than, I, I'm sorry, I do want to remind everybody that uh, we will, um, the show that goes up on the 20th of March, I think that's a Tuesday, yep. will be a pre-recorded show. We're going to record it on Friday because we're all heading out to Italy for our Viking uh, ocean cruise uh, down the Italian coast um, with about 120 other dizzers. So we're look, really looking forward to that. But we'll have a pre-recorded show uh, that week. And then the following week, we will be launching our Seven Resorts in Seven Days series. So that entire week, you're going to have, um, for, for the first, for Monday through Friday, you'll have the first five resorts. And then the following Monday and Tuesday will be six and seven. We're not going to run it on the weekends. Um, because that, because we don't fly back until, uh, we don't fly back until that Tuesday, yeah. right, correct? Yeah, plus that's uh, that Saturday Easter. and Sunday is Easter weekend, yeah. so yeah. I know most people will want to ignore their families and celebrations and stuff to watch 7 and 7, but you know we're, we want to push you towards your family on those uh-huh. days. Yeah, Come back and watch on the Monday and yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday. And we, you, you, need the, you need the distraction on Monday yeah. and Tuesday. The resorts we are covering um, in this round of 7 and 7's all-star movies. Port Orleans French Quarter, Port Orleans Riverside, Coronado Springs, Art of Animation, Pop Century, and Saratoga Springs. So uh, moderates and values along with Saratoga because we have never done, in any of the seven and sevens, we never did Saratoga. And people were starting to get like, come on now, you need to do Saratoga. So and uh, so we'll have our thoughts on that. Lots of video. We've got our, our, our in-studio uh, commentary about what we thought of it, plus the vlogs that we recorded at each one of these. Um, so a lot of fun content coming up. That will be the week of March. I don't mar, know. Mar. March. Mar, mar, mar. Yeah. So it's not the tw- the twentieth, but 27th. maybe the twenty sixth. They'll Thanks. start going up on the twenty sixth. Exactly. Provided I've got my dates straight. <laughs> I didn't put them in my script, so if it's not in my Pretty script, sure it doesn't the twentieth is a Tuesday because that's it is definitely the a day Tuesday. we leave. So. All right. So the twenty sixth, uh, the first one goes up. And then there'll be you know tw- uh, that week, uh, Monday through Friday, and then the following Monday. And Tuesday will be the last two. So, there we go. What else do we have for housekeeping? I know you guys have something for housekeeping. No, nothing. I, I do. Um, you know, we're always doing different stuff with the shows. Uh, you may have noticed this past Monday, just yesterday, uh, there's another Best and Worst of Disneyland that will now officially be weekly released on Mondays. And uh, Tyler, our West Coast producer is taking care of everything with that uh if you watched the first one and you were upset with the sound quality and video quality this one is definitely uh this one has gone way up tyler invested in the right equipment out there to make sure everything sounds and and looks better so that will be a new weekly series you can can see and it's got a lot of the faces from the disneyland team mary joe tom bell Tyler, uh, his girlfriend Katrina is going to be on it. A couple, couple new faces too, including uh, our our friend Luella, who I also want to send a shout out to. Her Luella's mom, awesome. Her mom passed away. Oh, uh, over oh. the weekend, I believe. So uh, thoughts going thoughts. out with her on this one. Absolutely. So, uh, but she's she's amazing. She's going to be a part of it. It's they have a wide option of basically every demographic covered out yeah. there on Disney. And that's not so. and that was not intentional. Yeah. This is just the group we have out there. Um but it's a great group. I also want to just What demographic is Tom? <laughs> Dads? Oh yeah, sure. Um but I just want to uh let everybody know this is not a replacement for the Disneyland show. The Disneyland show will be coming back within the next month. Um but this is in addition. This is extra Disneyland content. This was just ready to go 
uh, now. So that's why that's going up. But uh, good, good job. Uh I thought the first episode was really good. I do. I just have one. You know, uh, there was a northeaster that just ripped through mm. the New England northeast area, and so it uh, pretty much ripped up my hometown. Um, so I'm just hoping anybody who's listening to us that's up there that everybody's okay. And and uh, for the you know, yes, yeah. absolutely for the ones who just went through it, and the ones who are about to go through it again, because yeah. apparently another tomorrow one. another one's going to hit. Yeah, my brother's so, been without power since Friday. Has he really? Too. So um, you know, our friends up in the northeast, we know we got a lot of. A lot of listeners and viewers up in the Northeast, our thoughts are with you. Stay safe. Uh, please stay safe. It's why John and I got the heck out of Dodge, <laughs> because it was that Nor'easter in 96, I think it was, yeah. that we said, okay, this is just ridiculous. Mine um, was in 93, 94. And you're like, enough is enough. I'm done. I just want to, um, I need to go back. I need to revisit this bag. It's been brought to my attention that these might not be handmade, and I don't want to push oh, something. Oh, okay. That, I thought they were. I just don't want to push something that. Isn't true. Isn't true. It doesn't matter whether, whether she makes them by hand or not. I they're amazing. Cool. Okay? So, they're amazing. I just wanted to let you know that. But thank you. I thought they were. But I, that was me embellishing. That was not her telling me that. I okay. just I assumed they were. Well, I just I thought it would be wise to just put it out there that we like them. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that clarification. What else and I we- got nine followers. All right. Well, <laughs> Watch out, Bubba. <laughs> It's got to come for John now. Yeah. So we need we need the audience to, to rally behind Kevin here for this battle. And then in a few weeks, when he's completely dominated John, we'll do this again for John. And I don't pay for mine like John does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what else do we have for housekeeping? Anything? Corey? Nope. Nothing? I don't think so. No. All right. Then we'll throw it over to Johnny with the news. All right. Several cruise lines cancel excursions in Cozumel after security alert. Several cruise lines that routinely visit Cozumel, Mexico, have canceled select shore excursions due to a security alert from the U.S. Embassy. Disney Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean International are among the cruise lines affected. The cancellations are for excursions that require a ferry. Several shore excursions take place on the mainland of Mexico in Playa del Carmen, so a ferry from the island of Cozumel is required. A statement from the U.S. Embassy in Mexico reads, quote, on March 1st, undetonated explosive devices were found by Mexican law enforcement on a tourist ferry that operates between Cozumel, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. On February 21st, an explosive device de- detonated on a tourist ferry in Playa del Carmen, resulting in injuries, including two U.S. citizens. U.S. government employees are prohibited from using all tourist ferries on this route until further notice. Mexican and U.S. law enforcement continue to investigate, end quote. Guests on a recent seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on the Disney Fantasy were advised of the change to the port adventures via a letter from Disney Cruise Line as they boarded the ship on Saturday. How long the cancellations will be in, in place is unknown. Any short excursions that don't use a ferry will continue as normal. Scary, scary stuff. That is the fact that yeah. it exploded is that's scary. And we leave uh, in about two weeks on a Western, a Western Caribbean cruise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll you know look, uh, it's the world, um, but at the same time, uh, you rarely ever hear anything like this. Uh, how so many I don't years make have it cruises been going to Cozumel yeah. and yeah. Playa del Carmen? So you know, but in the meantime, I thought yeah. Disney Cruise Line did the right thing by you know saying okay, we're we're cutting any shore excursions that involve the, any ferries, yeah. not just the ones between Cozumel and, Cozumel and Playa, Playa del Carmen. But if there's a ferry in Mexico involved, yeah. they cut it. They're absolutely going to err on the side of caution. Smart and there's plenty of other things to do, too. Yeah, the, uh, the list that they gave in that letter, I think, was like eight shore excursions long, different like, you know, like tubing and, and river stuff. The one thing that... Um, the one big draw that I was kind of disappointed isn't available right now is the Chichen Itza Mayan ruins, which if you're looking forward to going that, you're kind of out of luck. But there's plenty but of stuff. Those are really cool, too. Yeah. I mean, there. That would mean Tulum is probably off the table, too. It is. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to take the ferry over. I mean, it's, it's sad. We don't want to see this ever. But, you know, I think the good news is that the cruise lines in general are very, very proactive with this stuff. Kevin and I just came off the Oasis, and we hit the tail end of that nor'easter 
was affecting mm. cruise ships. And our captain came on and said, listen, we're going to go around this storm. So we're going to get, you know, we're not going to take the normal route back. We're going to make sure everybody is safe. So, I However, think the last night of our cruise, the boat started to, I, I mean, and we were on a big ship, the boat started to really rock. Um, you're on the Oasis of the Seas, I find that you rarely even know the boat's moving. Yeah, that's the ship we're going on. However, the last night of our cruise, because we were coming in through a very heavy wind, that the boat started to move a lot. But he stayed out away from it until we all went to bed. Well, Corey and I can recommend a great food truck that's about like four blocks yes. off the port in Cozumel. Uh, Walk in, until it's yeah. scary. And then you'll find it. <laughs> Walk until it's scary. Okay. And then order from a food truck. <laughs> and then order from, like, it's literally a food truck. It's like they're in the back of a pickup truck. I say, didn't that happen before? Yeah. Once before you have a back of a food truck and then you get sick? Oh, well, that was because we ate, like, pure habaneros. And yeah, we, when they say that. spicy, they mean spicy. <laughs> We're like, we had like a soup ladle. Like, we, we got this, man. Yeah, I understand. Craig was the one who detonated. Ruined my entire day. Well, what could possibly right, go exactly. wrong? To walk into a sketchy neighborhood and eat out of the back of a pickup truck. Eating, you know what? I'm nervous street. eating anywhere. <laughs> near the, anywhere near the, the ports. Like... In, well, just in general. Did just... the chef wash his hands? There's a big wild hog that comes up too to the food truck. You can oh. give all the uh, all the your leftovers. This is too. just becoming more appetizing by the moment. <laughs> um, we'll post a link to it in the show notes. So, <laughs> as, if, as if it's in the same spot every time. <laughs> really. Oh, all right. On to our next news story. Tiered pricing coming soon for multi-day tickets, according to Disney CEO. At the Morgan Stanley Technology, Media, and Telecom Conference, the Walt Disney Company's CEO, Bob Iger, stated that he expects Disney's theme parks to introduce multi-day peak tickets by the end of the year. According to Disney, tiered pricing helps even out the crowds by deferring guests from visiting during the busiest times of the year. This justification has been met by some Disney park guests as valid reasoning and others as just an excuse to raise prices. During the conference, Iger stated that, in his opinion, the tiered pricing structure is, quote, good for the guest experience and the company's bottom line. For anyone out there hoping that the price structure would go away in the future, you shouldn't hold your breath because Iger also stated, quote, you'll see more of that in years ahead. We've been talking about tiered pricing coming soon for a long time. Well, it's, you know, I mean, doing it with the single day tickets, it was only a matter of time before it works its way up to... Uh, multi-day ticket, so I'm not the least bit surprised, but at the same time It's going to make things more confusing <laughs> It's, I mean, it's going to make, yeah because now not only do you need a PhD to figure out the tickets as it as they exist but now we're going to add multiple price points to each ticket depending on, you know Annual phase passes of, will be the, messed up. The phase of the moon. Yeah. Um, I hope annual passes won't be messed sure. up. Well, I don't think well. Every if you want to go every single day, it'll be a annual price. passes. Yeah. yeah, but they'll have ones that will have more blackout dates, be less money. Or if you want to go every day of the year, it's going to be a higher price. It's going to be nuts. I I, I don't know if feel sorry for. I guess feel sorry for is somebody who's looking at Disney ticket pricing for the first time. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so complicated. I just, I don't have an end to this story, so someone has to else start talking. <laughs> Go back to the bag. All else fails. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I'm, I, again, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. But at the same time, like I said, it's... Uh, so the question is, will it work? Well, in, in regards to what? Will it keep the crowds... Out Has it worked yet? No, no, it's not, not. going to work. Because, you know, the bottom line is that the whole we're doing this to, you know, help ease the crowds is BS. It has nothing to do with crowds. This was That's a really good excuse for charging more for the tickets because it's getting to the point where the pushback they get every time they raise ticket prices is a PR nightmare for them, at least on the Internet. And so we had to come up with some kind of explanation for it. And I don't want to give too much away from the full conversation that I had with Len from Touring Plans. But basically, their standpoint on this is that partially what we're seeing with the crowd calendars being wrong. And again, he'll explain more of this in the full interview and the little clip we hear. But 
if Disney makes the parks seem busier on a normal day, then they can all of a sudden say that January, which before was a slow season, is now a busy season. So they could justify doing the with a tiered multi-day system. Well, now January is a peak, so we can charge more for those tickets. And well, guess what? They run Dis- Disney, and yeah. Disney brings in more park guests. So that's when we're going to raise the price. I mean, well, in it, general, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but run Disney, it's not unusual for 100,000 people to show up no. in town for this. Yeah, on Marathon Weekend. But with this system, if Disney always makes it seem busier by, yeah. by always upping their capacity or by saying they're almost at capacity in the parks all the time, making it seem busier, then they can they're move on to this the new, system. Yeah, they're yeah. completely manipulating the system. They, less cast members working means less efficiency in deployment of vehicles, or if tra- attractions half tracks are down for maintenance, then wait times go up, and then monitoring of wait time, it all makes it seem... We, we've all worked at a place in an attraction where it's not operating at full capacity, so it seems like it's a really busy day because your line's never ending, but then it's really not that busy. It's just because you don't have a lot of cast members working, so, so you can't what, get through so the So what is the criteria for a busy day? Is it strictly theme park attendance? And if so, what theme park? Because you can say the Magic Kingdom's super crowded on a specific day, but Epcot might not be. That's but they well, that's always, why, they always have yeah. the ability to change these and make it seem busier See, at any park. That's why the tiered pricing they could almost get away with that argument with the tier pricing on single day tickets because, you know, it's one price, you know, single day per park at the Magic Kingdom, different price at Hollywood Studios or Epcot or Animal Kingdom. Uh, now going to multi day tickets, um, it's going to get a little trickier because how are they going to work that with park hopping? God, could you imagine if they then they have tickets that are only good for Sunday at the Magic Kingdom? So now you buy a 10 day park hopper. But you can only go to the Magic well, on Tuesdays and to Magic Kingdom on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Let's not jump the shark. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, but think about it. I mean, when people buy multi-day tickets, sometimes they plan on using them over a length of time. So it, it seems to me that it, did you buy the? What, is this going to talk people into buying the tickets that uh, have the busiest days on them, in the hopes that they'll use them on those, I, those days? That's I think what they'll do with the multi-day is they'll also offer a multi-day anytime ticket, which is going to be priced where it would be of like that would be the price you would pay if it was on that expensive day but it might you might be getting ripped off all the others but you just buy it ahead of time for convenience and then that that person does that makes it easier that person who doesn't know and shows up on the busiest day and didn't buy the busiest day ticket and now has to go and buy well i think we're getting ahead of ourselves i mean they haven't actually announced they're doing this this was you know kind of mentioned that it probably will be coming um it's not an official policy yet so i don't want to get too far in the weeds with what if this and what if that happens um you know we have a you know just the idea of them um going in uh going in uh uh, in this direction and in and of itself like take a look at what happens every time there's a ticket price increase now Mm -hmm. if the next round is tiered pricing on multi-day tickets. It's just the internet's going to melt down. It's going to melt down, but it's going to be the same story. We're still going to go, and you know where I'm going to go with that. So I'm not going to repeat it again. But um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Absolutely. All right. Our third and final news story: Disney Pixar's Coco takes Oscar for best original song and best animated feature. The 90th annual Academy Awards were held this past Sunday, and Disney Pixar came out a big winner. Disney Pixar's Coco won both Best Original Song and Best Animated Feature. That is the length of my entire story. <laughs> because nothing else won. <laughs> nothing else mattered nothing at the Oscars. Won. All right, I just have I two mean, things Disney. to say. If Disney didn't win this, it would have been sad, because they were up some against some The animated feature ca- category for right. But they've, yeah. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where they pretty much own this category. There's right. been very few years right. in the right. last 10, 12, right. 14 years that Pixar or Disney haven't won this. Um, and uh, so it's, I wonder, is it getting to a point where, you know, these other other animation companies, these other, you know, are they just kind of going out saying, we know damn well we're not going to win, but... Yeah, it's it's actually sad too because like um, the year that Kubo and the Two Strings was nominated for Best Picture, 
I thought that was hands down the best animated feature. Of it was that nominated year. for best and animated feature, yeah, not best, best picture. Best animated, and I thought that was the best one. But it then has to go up against Disney and Pixar, and that's an uphill battle. Uh, some of the like, yes, Boss Baby, awful. It's an awful, awful movie. It should not have been nominated, um, and it still was. But like Loving Vincent and and the Breadwinner were both works of art. Lo- Loving, Loving Vincent v- was all hand painted. It was all oil. Hand painted oil yeah. paintings mm. yeah. turned into a, 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 a an animated film. It was absolutely stunning, and you know I agree. I mean, if we're going to respect art, yeah. but you, you know you also have to remember that the Oscars are politics. There's a lot of lobbying that goes on. There's a lot of money spent, a lot of advertising, lobbying of- the Academy to get the votes and to do that, and you know. Pixar's, you know, got that, yeah. got that muscle. And the second thing I have to say was, I'm sorry. I, it's a great song. I'm glad it, I understand that people love it. This is me. Should have won. Absolutely, should have won. Uh, Craig disagrees with us on this. Who cares what thick? <laughs> See, that's a, a reason I don't really ever watch the Oscars anymore. Is because I will get disappointed that something like wins or doesn't win. You know, like most of the times, it's not what I wanted for like 30 seconds, and then I will remember like. Yeah, it's all politics. They don't really matter. And my favorite movie, like my favorite movies of the year in those categories, are probably not going to win or probably weren't even nominated. Yeah, but then you like, miss Jane Fonda looking like a space goddess. <laughs> oh, she looks am- Oh, my God. She's made a deal with the devil. <laughs> she- I walked away wanting a hot dog gun. That's all I wanted. But right? did you see that every time they did that, they exploded <laughs> all over people? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the dichotomy of our straight and gay cast. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> the things that are concentrated on, like, gender um, <laughs> This is me, hot dog gun. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, no, Jane Fonda. That was, you know. Yeah, have a hot dog. Eat something, woman. Um, just on a completely unrelated note, does anybody else think Shape of Water was a bizarre pick for Best Picture? I did not see it. However, the people who see it say it's an incredible movie. It's magical. Okay. It's a fairy tale. It's, it's right. mesmerizing. I saw it. Did I you? thought it was good. thought it was good, but not best picture good. Not best picture good. Going back to the Coco, Robert E. Robert Lopez has become the first double E-cot, EGOT in history. And that's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Uh, and he, he has two of each. That's amazing. And He's the, the only one. And he and his wife are uh, co-writers of uh, the music for Coco, also co-writers of the music for Frozen, also co-writers of the music for the Book of Mormon on Broadway. Got um, an honorable mention in his eighth grade science fair. <laughs> um, oh, and speaking of Frozen, <laughs> speaking of Frozen and Broadway, um, I had tickets to see a Frozen in previews. I wasn't able to go, but my niece went, who's, you know, Broadway crazy, and she goes all the time. She was blown away. She thought it was just going to kind of be like, okay. Like frozen on ice? She said the performances were amazing. The staging, um, the whole thing was absolutely brilliant. So this could end up being another Lion King um, on Broadway for them. Uh, I don't think this is going to go the route of Mary Poppins and some of the other ones that did okay but weren't, you know, I think this one may. You're talking about possibly the most popular current Disney movie in a very long time. It's going to be crowds of people from all over the world. It doesn't stop Disney sometimes when they when they take this stuff and they translate it to other mediums. It doesn't take. It doesn't stop them from phoning it in. Mm -hmm. Um, Look at the haunted mansion movie. So they apparently, according to Mel, and I trust her judgment. She's really not. She been to a lot of Broadway. She's seen a lot of shows and goes all the time. So for her to come out raving about it, I thought she was going to be like, oh, it was good. She was like, oh my God, that the cast, the, the everything was phenomenal. So um, I have a feeling this is going to be a very, very difficult ticket to get for a long time. I don't get to go to New York often enough. So when I go, it's something I have to be desperate to see. So Again, I don't have an interest. We've had the opportunity to see. I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to help you. We all aren't picking this up. We've had a chance to see Aladdin several times, and we've opted for something else instead. We're going to go in April and see Angels in America. Very excited about that. So, 19 hours? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's one whole don't, day. Don't scare him. Yeah. Don't scare no, him. No, it's a lot of time in a theater to it's see Angels in America. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. There are breaks. There are food. There's... <laughs> 
Because massages that are required. <laughs> Made me snort. There's a, a there's Barclay Andre for you. So, oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, John. Right, that'll for that. do for the news. I want to move into um, a little discussion. Um, you know, before I do the shows, when I'm researching what we want to talk about, I always head over to the boards, and I try and check out like you know what's being talked about. See if it gives me gives me any ideas. And a couple weeks ago, I came across a thread on the theme parks board uh, entitled Crowd Calendars Are More Worthless Than Toilet Paper and Fake Dollar Bills. Um, you can imagine that the uh, you know, topic, ma- subject matter of this are the crowd calendars. Now, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, for a while now, some websites have put out a crowd calendar, a way for you to kind of gauge what the crowds are going to be you know, based on a lot of uh, other data that they put together, um, what the crowds are likely to be on the days that you're scheduled to go to Disney World. Um, and one of the most popular, if not the most popular of these, uh, has been touringplans.com. Now, I want to state unequivocally up front, I have no financial relationship with touring plans. They're not advertisers. We don't work together. I, I consider Len Testa, who owns touringplans.com, and is also one of the authors of the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World. I consider Len a friend. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I've been privy to, you know, at different points to kind of see the process by which they, you know, what, what they've put into putting together these crowd calendars. Um, and while I want to have a larger discussion about crowds and managing expectations and what to, what to do to help, uh, you know, mitigate the crowds at Disney World... I felt I, I, I felt it was un, some of the things being said about touring plans were unfair. Um, you know, some of these people make it sound like uh, Len and sites like his uh, are using dice and a Ouija board to figure out what the uh, what the crowds are going to be. And um, I can tell you, at least from where Len Testa is concerned and his team, nothing could be further from the truth. The man's a literal rocket scientist. This is a formula that he developed, a data-driven formula that he developed that is so good that it has now been adapted to other things like diabetes management. And I'm going to put a link to the article discu- just describing that, <clears throat> discussing that, 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 that the use of this model in diabetes management, I'll put it on the show notes page, disunplug.com. But uh, we were going to talk to Len last week. Of course, we weren't able to, and Len's schedule was really tight. So uh, Craig um, recorded a conversation with him. Now, the, co- the full conversation's about, I don't know, about 20 30 minutes, about 30 yeah. minutes long. Obviously, we can't play the enti- in its entirety in this show. So I've had Craig kind of boil it down to about five minutes. Yeah, he's going to, it's about five and a half minutes. He's going to explain crowd calendars, uh, how they kind of use them and then what the recent trend is because obviously he's been seeing the criticism on disboards too and seeing what people have been saying so they are very aware of this and so he's going to talk about why it's affected uh, how it's affected what they're doing and what they're seeing and how they're going to fix it and while we've for the purposes of this show right now uh, we've boiled it down to about five and a half minutes the uh, full uh, interview with Len is going to be up on our iTunes feed for this show. So if you're already subscribed to get the show through iTunes, you're going to see this as an extra show. If you're not, I encourage you to go and uh, subscribe to our iTunes feed so you can check this out. But uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and play that, and then we'll come back for a, a longer discussion about crowds. We get thousands of these questions. Um, is what time of year should I go to Walt Disney World to, um, to avoid the, the crowds? Uh, about 15 years ago, we came up with this idea of a crowd calendar. And what we do is um, every day of the year for the next 365 days, we assign a number from 1 to 10 to each park, so to the Magic Kingdom, to Epcot, the studios, and Animal Kingdom, based on how crowded we think the parks are going to be. And a 1 is uh, the least busy day, and the 10 is the, is the busiest day. So Christmas and New Year's would be a 10. Um, but we actually go one step further uh, um, than that because we'll actually link those individual crowd levels to average wait times at popular rides. The average crowd level on our 1 to 10 scale that we saw for the Magic Kingdom in January of 2018 
was just over seven on our one to 10 scale. Yeah. To put that in perspective, that's busier than any summer period in all of 2017. It's busier than Memorial Day to the end of June. It's busier than just June. It's busier than mid-June to mid-July when basically all of the schools have got up out of, uh, have ended for summer vacation. Mm-hmm. It was busier than July. It's busier than November. The only times, uh, the only months in 2017 that were busier than January 2018 in terms of wait times were spring break last year and the last couple of weeks of, uh, of December during Christmas. Wow. And, and that's insane, Craig, right? Because January 2018, 95%, literally 95% of public schools were in session in January 2018. 95% of public schools were out in summer of 2017. Right. So, so the, 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 the question that I ask my stats guys is, you know, what's, what's going on here? It's not like we, we just became idiots on January 1st. Yeah. You know, we, we completely lost the ability to what, what happened. Right. So we started breaking down the data. So I went back and I asked the team, it's like, are there any days that were, were the world predictions are, are still good. And it turns out, um, and this is interesting, uh, and I'll tell you why. On our predictions for Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays in 2018 have been about as accurate as they were for 2017. So plus or minus one, mm. which is basically the men- benchmark. But our predictions for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday were off by double that. So basically wow. two points on our – yeah. So, uh, But this actually starts, uh, starts to become interesting because you can now form theories around where the, where the errors or where the crowds are coming from. So it's like, well, why – what would cause something to be accurate on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Or do you think literally hundreds of thousands of Americans have decided in January of 2018 that taking their kids out of school is no longer important when it was important a month ago? <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so we you started in, so we didn't think that was true. So we've looked at things like the economy, because um, remember, there's a big tax cut passed in December of uh, 2017, some people might have been feeling, you know, flush yeah. based on that. So, and we think definitely the economy is 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 helping um, at Disney World. So, like half of the error that we've seen, we're, we're attributing to uh, the economy. It's it's basically stronger than at any point that we've seen since we started measuring this in 2010. Um, so, we think some some of this is the economy. But you know, to be honest with you, I think some of this is Disney cutting capacity at its rides. And I will, I will tell you how we know this. Okay. And the easiest way is, uh, is to count the number of people that are coming off of the rides. So uh, a ride like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean can handle somewhere between 2,800 and 3,000 people an hour. Uh-huh. Right? When it is operating at full capacity, you can sit at the exit to Pirates of the Caribbean and count how many people come out. And generally, you know, uh, assuming the ride is running at a normal pace, you're going to get somewhere around 2,800 people an hour. Yeah. Same thing for uh, like Toy Story Mania back when it was only two tracks. It could never get above 1,100 people an hour. I mean, that was that was pretty much the tops. And it would generally be, you know, 1050 to 1,100. Wow. So one of the things, the first thing that we did when we when we started investigating this um, this problem with the crowd calendars was we wanted to know whether it's really more people in Walt Disney World. So we started counting how many people were coming off of the rides. Um, so let me, let me give you some context on this. So if you look at a ride like like Space Mountain, it can handle, last week, it was handling around 1,600 people an hour. Last week was um, President's Day week. Basically the entire park was running at full tilt, 100% of capacity as far as we can tell. Okay. 1,600 people an hour. Back when we first started looking at this though, Space Mountain was only running at about 1,200 people an hour, actually a little less than that. So basically a 25% reduction in capacity. And that kind of fishtails perfectly into one of the first points I want to make about where these crowds are coming from and why I think Disney's explanation that we're raising prices uh, in order to uh, discourage crowds on our tickets is absolute BS. Um, they are the, these crowds, these wait times are being affected because Disney is cutting back staff. They are cutting back the number of people they have on working these attractions at different times. So, you know, think about how that helps them make money. 
we're increasing based on these numbers. We're increasing our, we're tiering our prices based on these numbers, and then we're cutting back on the number of staff we have working these attractions, guaranteeing that we have to raise, that we can turn around, as you were pointing out before, that, oh, well, now it's busy, so we're, we get to raise raise the prices. Um, I, I First, I want to thank Len for taking time to sit and talk with Craig. Just even that little snippet I thought was very interesting. Yeah, like, as I mentioned, the entire... Um, the entire interview will be up on our iTunes feed uh, after this show. Um, so, now, Craig, you had the benefit of talking with yeah. him for the whole time. What were some of the things, the salient points you took away from that discussion? Um, the kind of what I already alluded to there was he, he went over a bunch of theories with me that he that you'll hear in the full length one, but. I mean, they, they're basically the number one factor. It really does come down to capacity, that they they want their parks to feel busier than they are. But the question is, why, besides the, the ticket price being raised? So it just it doesn't make sense. But um, the, the, the biggest thing I took away from the conversation with him is— Does it need to be more than that? Does it need to be more than? It's a justification— to raise prices faster and do it on a tiered level, which justifies even even greater uh, greater increases uh, in the price. I, I think that's it's just all about building up that price. I also um, think it goes beyond ticket prices because now if you show people, look, if you come on this day and it's so busy, how great would it have been if you stayed at the Polynesian in a concierge room and you bought more fast passes? Yeah. So then oh, it just supports the business model in every area. Yeah. It says you can do more if you do the things that we put in place to help you do more. Well, and like he said in there, it's where they're off on their crowd calendars. Like they are finally starting to adjust to the model based on seeing what Disney's capacity has been during weekdays. But, I mean, they flat out said they, they watched capacity go on weekdays where it was so low. And then all of a sudden it jumps up. On the weekend, so now Disney's able to market weekdays being just as busy, and so yep. that could ultimately affect hotel prices on weekdays too. And, and this is part of the reason, also, why I wanted to have some kind of discussion with Len, because I know um, that they literally put people in the parks to count how many people are coming off an attraction. They're not throwing things at a dartboard, right. and then they take this data, and they have statisticians. Like people with like, like I said, rocket scientists. Glenn is like a brilliant, brilliant man. And the people I'm assuming the people that work for him are pretty brilliant too. I've met a few of them. Yeah. Um, well, taking this and doing real statistical analysis on this data. This is not a Ouija board that is put, putting these crowd calendars together. So um, that's why I felt the criticisms I was seeing of them were completely unfair. I also know Len to be a stand-up guy. Uh, really ethical in how he runs his his business and his website. So I felt, and you know what? That's becoming increasingly uh, rare in the Disney blogosphere. So um, I honestly didn't realize how deep it was. He explains it in there, but it's not just people sitting outside of rides counting. They also, they pull all the data from like when my Disney experience updates wait times. They have their own app where people can constantly update what the wait times are so that goes into their database on it plus then they have their people go get on the rides so they can actually do what the wait time was posted versus what it actually was so they have about like six different forms of data always streaming right. in the yeah. one place it is it sounds fun yeah it's i mean <laughs> it sounds fun to put together well people think people think what we do is is fun and it is but it's a lot of work yeah and so that's a lot of work too but that's that was my point that where these crowd, calendar, crowd calendars are concerned. And I'm not saying the other sites that do crowd calendars don't do similarly. Well, I just don't know them. Um, I know Len. and um, so, But I, I wanted to use that as part of a larger discussion about crowds. And regardless of whether it's because Disney is cutting capacity or more people are showing up or a combination of both, um, uh, it is a reality that crowds exist at Walt Disney World and there is no slow period anymore. You know, when we first started doing this, it was a safe bet. September, December, January, these were really slow times. 
of the year. This was a great time to go, especially around Christmas. Nobody was taking their kids out of school. You could walk on attractions. I remember early, early, early on being able to say, like, oh, you could shoot a cannon down the center of Main Street and not hit anybody. Mm -hmm. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. And some of the people that are lamenting the crowds are people who remember that. And now you can't bring your cannon either. Now you can't bring your cannon either. Yeah, Can we go back to the title of that thread? Crowd calendars are more worthless than toilet paper? What are they using? I thought that. I thought that same thing. I, thought, I kind of think that's useful. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I, you know, so what, what's, what do you think, what do you think people should be doing in terms of Planning for their trip. Pitchforks and torches. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're just gonna go with, you know what? There are crowds. Now we can have an attitude, and that's some, one of the things that was mentioned in this—a somewhat defeatist attitude of, well, it's always going to be crowded, so just go whenever. Um, which I don't agree with. Um, but what do you think? There's a reverse side to that, which is, it's always going to be crowded, so go whenever. Like. Same thing, different attitude. Um, I think one of those things when, when it comes into planning and stuff and you see people get like so into this and that and making sure the trip is perfect. But the people who enjoy their vacations the most and their, their trips with Disney are the people who have mentally and emotionally planned. Okay, so stuff might go wrong, so we might get there and out of nowhere it's rainy or it's crowded or, or this ride breaks down and we've been looking towards it. Let's enjoy our time everywhere though because that's what we're here for. So a lot of it, I mean... You know, it's uh, for my, uh, me myself. Like buying tickets at Disney ends up becoming like purchasing a used car. You know, like do you want the undercoating? Do you not? It's this time of day. You know, um, and then you add in the crowds and all those experiences, and it becomes like this source of stress and anxiety. If you go into it with like, okay, I'm going to do my planning, but stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to go wrong. I'm not the only person enjoying that park, but I'm going to enjoy it myself, whatever way I can. You're less likely to to get angry or bothered. Well, by I think part of what sets this up is it is so expensive, right? You know, you're, especially if you only can come once every few years yeah. or maybe once ever, um, you're, you're pumping all this money in. Um, you want to get the most out of it. And, you know, you want to get on as many rides as possible and have as many experiences as possible. Um, so how much of this has to do with kind of having more realistic expectations um, that you're not going to come here during any part of the year and just walk on attraction. You may get lucky. You may have a good moment where you're walking past pirates and it's a five minute wait. And that five minutes is taken up going through the queue line. Um, but generally speaking, what? Yeah, I think it's going, it's going to be one of those things for the people who their vacations are about, I need to do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at least 10 times or my vacation wasn't perfect. Uh, if that's your attitude, you're going to have the options of you can either say, you know what, I might only get on it once or twice. That's not a problem. Or it's I'm going to need to add extra days on to know that I can because I, it all just circles back around. Disney cuts capacity. They don't have to pay workers as much, meaning they need less staffing. It's all just it's better for them to have these crowds because they have less of a workforce in there, which you would think it would be the opposite. You want more, get it up. But it, it's their mental choice in this. So uh, from the planning perspective, you just have to say, am I OK missing stuff now or am I going to plan more days so I know I get to do it everything like any vacation? We're going to Rome. We have the option of going extra days to see all the stuff we want to see, or you go in one day and be like, maybe I'll see one thing. And no, I'm trying it. to cram everything in for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's that's the choices that you make with any vacation, and it's with Disney. You want everything, but it's they're forcing your hand on it, where you have to make these choices now. Um, we just did a dream show about traveling during the holidays and dealing yeah. with the crowds, and Tracy had some really good points <clears throat> about how to use. Excuse me. <clears throat> how to use the current tools that are available to you to maximize your time and using fast passes appropriately and early morning magic super uh, extra ma extra magic right. hours uh, in the morning <laughs> depending on if you're a, if you're a Disney resort guest um, you get those um, you know also, also I just want to say too the other thing too is utilizing Disney transportation we're big fans of driving our own car but she did a thing where she did a little test where she 
tested driving her own car around Disney property versus Disney transportation. And while it's not as fun or you know maybe comfortable, she found she was getting around faster on Disney transportation because of what was put in place. And then it puts you closer to the you know the theme park. So things like this, using what's available to you to plan the your trip appropriately to do what you can do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's also, um, I think it's time to let go. Uh, speaking of Frozen, uh, let it go when it comes to this idea of the good old days. When we could show up in September and have the parks to ourselves. I think we also um, have to redefine what's going to ruin your vacation. Right. Uh, well, and managing, exp- well, that's part of managing expectations is that, you know, um, there are things that can ruin your vacation. And before the comments start coming in, because they always do, oh, well, you live there, so it's different for you. I vacationed here an awful lot right. before I moved here. It's the and, reason I moved here. And we all vacation in other places. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. wildly different in your plan. And I have 20 years, I have 20 years of experience of kind of hearing the audience that comes to my site, on my boards, the clients that we have through our travel agency, Dreams Unlimited Travel, and hearing their concerns and things like that, and then looking at the world through that prism. So um, I'm more than a one-trick pony. So I understand that my experience going to the parks is different now than it was 15 years ago when I lived in New Jersey. However, I still get it. Uh, It's not that big a concept. Um, Planning your trips requires now it requires some amount of acceptance that you are not going to beat all the crowds all the time are there strategies using uh my disney experience and fast pass plus um utilizing disney transportation doing your research Doing your research and really planning out your trips. Prioritizing. Prioritizing what really matters. And, you know, if, if your answer is it all matters, then you have to revisit your priorities. Then you're going to be your vacation is um, going to be ruined. And, and your meds. And your meds. So, Craig just know. talked about going to Rome. You can't see all of Rome in a, in a week. You can't see everything. You just can't. I'm going to make them try. <laughs> their vacation's going to be ruined <laughs> it's true wherever you go you have to kind of prioritize the things you want or you just approach it as I'm going to enjoy what I get to do mm-hmm. and that's how we're going to do it but that doesn't mean you just show up with no plans at all it means you have to put work into it no you, you have, have to, to look This I will tell you these crowds and the things Disney's doing have been great for my business been great for my business Great for the traffic on the site. Great for the traffic on the boards. Certainly great uh, for for Dreams Unlimited. You know, having an agent help you plan all this stuff. That is, and I'm not. I'm really not trying to do shameless plugs here. Um, but John and I are owners of Dreams Unlimited Travel. So just for full disclosure. But you know, it's it's been great for our business. However, you know, I think we should take Charles's idea and. Added an emotional counseling part of my business. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I want to hear Pete's point. <laughs> He's been trying to make this point now. Um, I've, I lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, wanted to... I lost it. Well, so, uh, speaking of emotional it counseling. Was, uh, we, we help people plan their trips. Which we got to move on anyway because we're way over time right sorry, now. But I didn't mean to kill your point. That's It's, it's okay. You do it all the time. It's okay. <laughs> oh, there you go. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's wounded. He's wounded. Um, this is. I think this is a topic we need to revisit again. Um, you know, maybe in a separate show. I think this deserves probably a separate discussion of itself, strategies and things. It's probably not enough to do in 20 minutes on this show. But um, certainly love to hear from you. Your thoughts on crowds, your thoughts on ways to get around the crowds, dealing with the reality of you love Disney and you want to go, but you're walking into a wall of people when you do. Podcast at DizUnplugged.com is the place to send those emails to. Uh, with that, we're going to move on to Rapid Fire. And John, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right, I have two. My first one's real quick. Kevin and I just came back from Oasis of the Seas. Great cruise. We had a great vacation. Um, I want to just talk to folks who, who have honest future crews are going to San Juan and let you know that we had a great time in San Juan, that there was no issue or problem from the storm. That's good to know because I my, yeah. my my impression of San Juan right now is probably You think it's going to be a mess and it's not. 
However, most of Puerto Rico is a mess. San Juan, they put all their money in San Juan because it's a cruise port. They also explained that San Juan is at a very low point. And as you went up in elevation, the winds got much stronger. Yeah. So if you were at 800 feet, they were sustaining 190 miles an hour. And the devastation is still there. I also, I just want to talk about the fact that San Juan looked great. And we were unaffected by this. But during our short time in San Juan, they had a power failure while they were trying to fix the power grid. Hmm. And we didn't realize it because we were doing street stuff. We There were craft or, uh, people selling crafts and stuff like that. So that's what, how we decided to spend our time. But people talked about... Uh, stores and restaurants having to close because they lost all their power. Mm. We didn't know that till we got back on the ship. But the ship extended our time in port to allow for people who might have been affected by that. Oh, that's cool. So again, if you're on a cruise to San Juan, don't worry about it. You're going to have a good time. It looks great. Um, we'll have a whole dream show about uh, our stops on that cruise, as a matter of fact. And my real rapid fire is Disney Cruise Line released 2019 sale dates through the end of September. Those are on sale now. Um, if you're platinum, you could have booked as of yesterday, gold as of today, silver tomorrow, and then everybody else thereafter. Uh, one of the things that I uh, wanted to point out is there's no big surprises. However, there's a lot of old favorites out there. There's Mediterranean cruises. There's the Norwegian Fjord cruises, British Islands, British Isles, Alaska. Very, very popular. Mm-hmm. So I have some sample pricing. Okay. Because I know everybody wants to know what the pricing yes. is. This is, remember, this is from Platinum folks booking the very first day. Price goes up as the ship fills up. So I can't guarantee these prices. This is just what we're seeing. 10 night Copenhagen to Dover, August 8th, 2019, two adults in a 7A, which is an obstructed view balcony stateroom. 11, 7A is obstructed view? Yeah. $11,200 for two adults. For a, the 10 night? For the 10 night in a 7A. Kind of pricey. Uh, About $1,000 a night for two people. Um, I, I'm not saying that's not pricey. It is pricey, but it's kind of standard now for these European cruises with Disney. Um, With Disney, for sure. Uh, Add a child to that, it goes up by about $2,000. So $13,000 and changed. Um, Seven-night med from Barcelona, June 1st, 2019. Two adults, two children in a 5C, a balcony stateroom. $7,784. Again, about $1,000 a night. Not not horrible for a med cruise. 13-night transatlantic eastbound. Here's your bargain. May 12th, 2019, three adults, one child, and a 10A, $6,200. One adult in a 9A, $5,000. Right. Now, just keep in mind with the transatlantic. First of all, you're on a ship for 27 years. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Second, uh, that's the eastbound, so that's coming from Barcelona uh, back to uh, Miami, I think, right? I don't remember. Whichever. It's coming back here. Um, you got to get yourself to Barcelona. So a one-way ticket to Barcelona has got to be fa- factored into that. So just keep that in mind. Is it the one coming from Barcelona, the westbound one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is no, going eastbound to. is going to. Never right. mind. Sorry. That's repositioning the cruise. you got to get back. yourself. Well, either way, you still got to get There's yourself home. There's a ticket home. involved. Yeah. you got to get yourself home from Barcelona. Um, right. And then just one other one I want to point out. Seven Night Alaskan on the Wonder July 1st, 2019, two adults, one child, $7,600 and change for Category 10 stateroom, 10A stateroom. So these are expensive cruises. Disney is expensive. It's always going to be expensive. Maybe when the two new ships come out, you'll see some price reductions, but this is this is the... They're expensive, but but you'll look at how many people come off of them going, God, it was worth it. So... Yep, and we have people lined up. Wanting to book as soon oh, it's as been busy. Available, so it's been busy. All right, thank you, John. Kevin. I'm going to put a different spin on this. Then I have a bargain for you. <laughs> <laughs> we have one room left for our July 29th through August 3rd I backstage may, magic. I may have that taken care of. Ooh, it may be sold. You better hurry okay. up. Hey. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it is, but I'll I'll conf- I have to confirm it with you. But. Okay. Sixty-two eighteen for two people. Look at those Disney Cruise Line prices. He just talked about them. This is only sixty-two eighteen. If you want to go, I still have the room left. 
Maybe I can get another room. Tell me what you think. I can always get another room for Pete. Let's face it. Um, otherwise, I have one room left. If you want to go, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Charles Boda. Okay, so uh, Walt Disney World announces Super Saturdays at Disney Springs for annual pass holders. Um, I guess this is giving uh, Walt Disney World annual pass holders like exclusive shopping options. So on the second Saturday of each month from 9 to 10 a.m., uh, pass holders are invited to come experience exclusive early shopping at their uh, at a favorite Disney Springs retail location. Um, you'll have whatever the featured store is all to yourself and other annual pass holders for one hour in the morning to find new treasures and to take advantage of your 20% pass holder discount and discover a few unexpected surprises. Um, registration is required and space is limited, uh, so you have to be subscribed to getting uh, receiving emails from Walt Disney World, as that is where you will find the link to register. Um, and the first event, which is March 10th, 2018, is already booked full, but they are doing this the second Saturday of each month, so um, I'll wait to see what next month's Do we know in advance what the schedule is? It's going to be month to month. Uh, it's going to be a month to month, whatever the oh, featured store is, um, So, and I, they're releasing it in a timely manner, I guess. So um, I don't know what next month is yet. But for people who, like, seriously love um, shopping, there's an hour of Disney Springs all to yourself. So Awesome. Thank you, Charles. Corey. All right. My rapid fire is only going to impact, like, a small handful of people. Assuming you're talking to the microphone. I'm going to say it. Uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Blizzard Beach uh, bus route changed. Um, so the bus route from Epcot to Disney's Coronado Springs Resort will no, uh, will no longer service Blizzard Beach and Winter Summer, Summerland. Begin, it began uh, March 4th. Uh, guests looking to visit either those, <laughs> either one of those locations from Epcot will need to travel to Animal Kingdom and I then transfer to a Blizzard Beach bus from there. Sorry, I found a new way to annoy him when he's on the show. What, move my microphone? Move his microphone around. <laughs> Follow the mic. So, yeah, this is convenient. Go to Animal Kingdom in your uh, bathing suit and then go to Blizzard Beach. Or yeah. better yet, when you're wet. Right. Yeah, really. Going home. All or right. Use the minivans. Thank you, Corey. Gregory. Okay, there is some uh, overnight concrete work happening on the Magic Kingdom uh, down Main Street. And Are they such. burying stitch in concrete? Is that why that picture's up there? Oh. I assume so. I have to go with Steve's word on that, but he didn't mention Putting anything on shoes there. On him. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think we all know what it means. <laughs> but uh, on March 9th, 12th, 23rd, 26th, they'll be doing the concrete work, so that's going to impact uh, daytime operations. So the Main Street trolley show and move it shake it dance and play it will both be affected by it uh the trolley show will be on the main street ranch wagon instead of the trolley and the 11 a.m show of move it shake it dance and play it will be canceled but uh, that's just for the morning really and then like festival of fantasy is still going to go on so don't have to worry about that but if you even knew about the main street trolley show or what time Move it, shake it, dance, and play. It actually happened instead of just randomly. You know what annoys me annoyed. about the trolley show is that it's all lip synced. Yet you go out to California and you watch like their trolley show and stuff. They're all singing live, and that bothers me. Didn't Corey's sister used to do that? Yeah, but she's not a singer. She's a dancer. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Anna, if you're watching. <laughs> it just that just that whole. Oh, wow. she's a dancer. <laughs> because you know, I, I find the lip syncing thing to be cheesy, and like when the guys in California Adventure started doing their thing, I'm like, oh, here we go. But then I realized, oh my god, these guys are singing. They're like they're harmonizing, they're singing, they're really good. Now all of a sudden, what was a cheesy show was good, was cool. Um, I would love to see Disney. Do that. Then again, they won't staff for, for, for crowds. So, however, we all know that Disneyland's streetmosphere. I'm sorry, we have people out here who can sing, sing and dance. I don't think you know, and smile at the same time, and smile at the <laughs> no. same time. I believe, I, I, I believe it's possible. They're I all have, selling glow sticks, much like Martin Luther King. <laughs> much like Martin Luther King, I have oh. a dream. Oh man, um, that they will they can sing, subject. dance, and smile all at the same time. We've My dream is much simpler. We've brought Martin Luther King into the trolley show. <laughs> Close sticks. Oh, I hate it when Baloo lip syncs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Craig. Rhino. Uh, okay. So um, Google uh, guests can now visit um, 
the U.S. Disney parks with the Google Street View. Um, so, I don't know, really. What, what they let the, okay. Do they let the cars drive through? You can go on. I think it, um, they all had backpacks on. And they had, like, the cameras on the bags and stuff like that. They give Sorry. us crap if our lens is too long. <laughs> I, it's I, Google. Well, I don't. I don't know how they did it. If I'm Google's assuming, showing up with backpacks with crap coming out of it. Oh, come on in! I'm and assuming like, they were knew they were doing Back it. to the future, you know, the cameras mm, everywhere. Just like, like, nine eye. However, yeah. the only problem I have with this is, I Google mapped a picture of our old house from ten years ago, and my car's still in the driveway. Yeah. So you know how up to date are these going to be? Well, I mean they. I mean they're. I don't know. It takes a long time to do this sort of yeah. thing. So, but it, one of the places you can visit is Pandora and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, so so it's really pretty. Recent. I noticed new. the Google guy driving to our neighborhood one time with the, the 360 mirror or cameras on. The, he was going like 120 miles. An hour. And sometimes you can see the shadow of the car, like right. when you go around. If they can just pipe in, like the smell of popcorn, turkey legs, and body odor, it's like <laughs> you're there. <laughs> <laughs> I think popcorn, turkey legs, and body odor. Okay. That's the smell of Disney. That's fantasy. <laughs> There you go. Make that candle. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Thank yeah. you, Rhino. That is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>